December 13th, 2023. It's a Watt for Pedro show. Well, I've either heard the record. Supposed to be very good, but I just wouldn't like to go out and buy any recording.
sooner or later the whole record industry will have to change sooner or later the whole record industry will have to change sooner or later the whole record industry will have to change sooner or later the whole record industry will have to change sooner or later the whole record industry will have to change sooner or later the whole record Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Wednesday. Start off John Coltrane, 1960 live excerpt, The Night Has a Thousand Eyes, earliest recordings of the quartet. Then Ransom Salmon, Rabbit Hole. And uh, speaking of which, we got Ransom Salmon on board right here. And uh, yeah, let's talk about the new record, Ransom Salmon. Okay, let's. What, what's your what's your take on it compared to the debut, the non-essential? Well, we Ransom played. Salmon. That's right. We played Ransom Salmon before, and uh, but it's even a departure from that time around, but especially from the other incarnation. Yes. Well, I'm not trying to to. Uh, no, look, mu- music uh, <laughs> just like with painting or with uh, language or with uh, ceramics. You know, it's all expression, so why shouldn't it take different forms? There's no problem. I got no problem with it. Yeah. Well, um, I think you had mentioned um, how the sound was a little more in your face, and that's kind of true. And I think part of the reason for that is um, that this album uh, definitely takes a more aggressive approach in terms of uh, my political commentary compared to the first one. Um, yeah, on the first one, I had a little homage to uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, a little instrumental uh, piece, uh, one of two. And the other piece was a, a homage to Mike Nesmith, uh, who unfortunately um, had passed away just like a month or so after uh, the album came out and uh, and after you and I had a discussion on the first album. Um, but this second album, uh, I actually changed my approach. I've written a lot of tunes uh, even before the first album came out. And then after the first album came out, I just got into... Uh, another kind of writing uh, jag, if you want to call it that. And I was all set to release a bunch of songs I had put together. And I had envisioned that the next album was going to be called Hashtag America. And I started writing songs for that particular album. And I'm not even sure at this point what the catalyst was, But something told me uh, that my next album should not be the album that I had worked on and was almost getting ready to wrap up. So I kind of went back to the drawing board and just um, started with Rabbit Hole, actually. What it was was I was listening to some guitar work that I had done, and it was just, you know, me noodling and... I said, hmm, maybe I should try uh, putting some percussion 
or some drum programming behind it. Um, and that's kind of what happened initially. And then I thought about, well, how much has changed, not just in our political landscape, but just in terms of the music industry. And so, because originally Rabbit Hole was going to be kind of the typical thing where I was going to like isolate quotes about conspiracies and what have you. And then I had come across some public domain comments um, online, and one of them was interviewing this woman about music. And I thought it would be really kind of cool, especially considering the opinion she expressed. And I thought it would be a cool way to start. So that's why it kind of opens with the synth work. And then you hear, you know, this woman um, saying that she hasn't quite heard the record yet, but in any event, she wouldn't buy any recording. And to me, in a way, that kind of talks about the music business now, where it's gotten so disposable and people expect to get their music for free. Um, and, you know, I think that causes a lot of issues in the face of that. And before that even happened, um, that's where I was going with it. And then in the interim, uh, I was following the stories of the whole brouhaha over AI technology and uh, people augmenting other artists' voices and you know putting them together. And now how does the record industry deal with that? Uh, is Taylor Swift's voice intellectual property? You know, how are the lawyers going to handle that? And I just realized, well, there you go. We've opened up a huge can of worms. Now how are we going to deal with that? So to me, that was a rabbit hole in and of itself. So that's why the focus uh, changed uh, when I finally recorded the piece. All right. Look, let's listen to Strange Love Strikes Back.
situation où on voit de plus en plus de violences policières. Je pense qu'on peut dire le mot violence policière. Remettre en question le travail de ces agents qui sont au service de la population et de, de, de mettre une surveillance citoyenne.
senza la tranquillità Io sono inquieto, piango vicino a te Sei salda, io confuso Sereno quando lascio Somewhere, or it'll never exist for me. 
thoughts are less fearful when they travel a distance. Crossing the river, thoughts that were large and unwieldy turn small and harmless, like scattered houses on the opposite shore. The view is in my mind. Thoughts cross the river, just like eyes and cars and feet. The house we lived in, seen from afar, wouldn't be threatening. Crossing the river, it would become one of many houses, an idea of a house. When I cross the river, the person I was will no longer exist. When I reach the mountains, the person I am now will be dead.
this is a this is called a sound bath. This can heal you. So everyone, let's do this together. I'm right alongside. You.
Mr. Policeman. You can scrub on your fatigues, your ragged gear, your rubber bullets. Just keep your fucking hands where I can see them. Text justice to 63135. No self-apologetic chat.
Orleans History is never what it seems And must we go to such extremes Pedro Show, that chunk of music start off with Ransom Salmon doing Strange Love Strikes Again. Billions of Comrades, brand new from them out of Belgium. Scab Alo Pam. Snore from Florida, too much. Nod reissued their first vinyl, the first record on vinyl. Feeding two records. This feels so wrong, number two. Passarella with Inquieto. Sky furrows, shopping bags, wolf eyes, dream and shattered time, guided by voices, awake man. The awake man is a noun, but. Or maybe it is a directive kind of thing. Huh? Yeah. I actually heard um, some tracks from the new uh, GBV album. Well, I and think course- this is the one before because he's just got a new one. <laughs> this guy every other month. Bob I Pollard, was going to say that there should be a guided by voices album of the month club. <laughs> yeah, Pertnier <laughs> or every other month at least. <laughs> Many mutations with nighttime control and finally Ransom Salmon. Now this has got an explicit warning, people. A hymn to peaceful protest. Maybe, maybe it isn't a warning. <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting because unless you go to the the Bandcamp site, you won't get the backstory, even though it's kind of available, you know, everywhere as an album. Um, So what happened was I I had seen there's a documentary and I can't think of who uh, was behind it. But if you go on the Bandcamp page, there's a link to it. And the documentary was called Who's Streets? And it was about, uh, you know, Ferguson, Missouri, and um, how unrest uh, kind of unraveled there following uh, the untimely death of Michael Brown at the hands of cops. And then that kind of conflagrated into a whole uh, police versus citizens issue and how that kind of got out of control and interrupted in days of violence that were sort of uh, similar to what went down in Watts in the 60s. Uh, And so I wanted to write something about that specifically. 
Then as I was getting ready, well, as I was in the process of writing that piece, um, I was also kind of checking in on the news and stories were kind of starting to dribble out about what happened on January 6th. And the first aha moment I had was that in both instances, the media pretty much uh, commandeered the narrative. And there was a lot that we were told that wasn't exactly true. And uh, I found a lot more parallels between Jan 6 and uh, the Ferguson uh, situation. And I wanted to write a song to kind of bring those viewpoints together because again, part of our society or what hand the media has in it, we like to polarize people. So it's always black versus white, gay versus straight, you know, Jew versus Palestinian. Um, and there's no middle ground for dialogue. And, you know, I've heard uh, people who defend the people who I believe were political prisoners and did get incarcerated uh, without due process. Um, and they would, you know, look to themselves and say, hey, why are we being jailed and all these people who burn cars and you know, through rocks at cops in Ferguson, uh, having spent a day in jail. And it just occurred to me that while that point might be valid, it's also a very effective tool to polarize. Um, and I think we have more than enough polarization going on to begin with. Um, and I think it's not exactly improved uh, in the interim between my debut album and the sophomore release. So I wanted uh, to basically say these both started off as peaceful protests. And I wonder how much of unseen forces and media uh, propaganda uh, turned it into the malaise that they uh, both were eventually labeled as. Um, because I think it was about peaceful protest. And I think we're at a, it, it seems like the tide is turning where even in our own country, um, dissenting opinions are looked upon as dangerous. Uh, I mean, I touched upon that lightly uh, on the first album with um, nihilism is trending on Twitter because I saw how Twitter was kind of becoming the uh, social media lynch mob uh, and a lot of people's lives were destroyed because of misconceptions or uh, people getting easily offended and then using their power um, through that social media platform to basically uh, castigate people and ostracize them. And I wasn't too pleased with that. And things haven't gotten much better, um, sadly, in my opinion, uh, which is one of the things that compelled me to hope to change the whole vibe of the album and talk about current events and um, how they impact me or how I feel impacted by them, which is why the album is called Conflict and Resolution. So I kind of wanted it to be, you know, show both sides, um, you know, bring up the things that I think are wrong, but also try to be somewhat hopeful in terms of resolving that. But people have to realize what's going on first um, if things are going to get better. 
Well, that makes a lot of sense. And you got to be inspired, right? Or you're just going through the motions when you're making songs. I, I want to get into your songwriting process, but we're at the end of the first hour. December 13, 2023 edition of Show. Special guest, Ransom Salmon. Hold tight for hour two. December 13, 2023. It's the second hour of the Lot for Pedro Show. Streets. 
Is it getting better? Is it getting better? Is it getting better? Or is everything the same? Yes, it's getting better. It's getting better all the time. In my reverie with bell, book, and candle Winding my way through the chaos and scandal It's our democracy, another movable feast Have we landed inside the belly of the beast? When does it cease? Lord grant me peace.
Watch for Pedro Show, start off second hour. Ransom Salmon, urban contemporary. And brand new from uh, Michelle Christophe, Jerome, Glaugain, Fabian Robe, Trio, Boogie Pig. <laughs> I ain't seen or heard a song called that in a while. Uh, Sen Morimoto and Kaino with Lost It, Trying. Parentheses rise. This is from that Welcome to Gaza uh, benefit comp that Randolph, Eugene, Graham, and England get together. Finally, Ransom Salmon, Conflict of Resolution. This is the title track of the album. Indeed. Okay, your process. Do you make demos? Um, I do. Because uh, you were saying time. something about noodling around on the guitar. So you got like a tape recorder going? Uh, no, I do everything through a audio interface directly into the computer. Okay. Um, so, so I've got some uh, MIDI keyboards that I use as controllers. Um, I have a jam stick, which is sort of a controller, but you can play it like a guitar. And I tend to do that. Uh, and then I go into... Uh, software uh, workstations to kind of put everything together. So there's a lot of things when I had said that, what I meant was there are some things I've been writing songs for a lot longer than I've been releasing them. And, but I continue to write more things. And sometimes they just, they begin as just like little instrumental sketches and I just put them away. And then sometimes they may become songs. Sometimes they may not. And it it just depends. Uh, but with this album, they actually kind of came together. Most of the time, they were simultaneous. It wasn't a matter of what I generally do, which is I'm inspired. And as somebody who, you know, used to write poetry back in the day, the words come first. And then the words kind of inspire me in terms of what musical backdrop should happen. Um, but on this album, it was almost hand to hand. Like I would start with a musical idea and the lyrics would come to me. And as uh, I refined the uh, stem tracks to it or the backing tracks to it, um, it also inspired the lyrics. So they kind of worked more um, uh, symbiotically on this one than the first one. Uh, and I also wanted it to be um, more, as you said in, in your face before, uh-huh. I, I wanted it to be more um, urgent, um, but I also wanted it musically to be very strong. Um, and so there's more, I think there's a little bit more eclecticism. Um, like the first album, I would consider it pop protest songs. And I think on this album, I got a little harder edged um, to it. Uh, In some aspects, I feel like it was inspired um, by, you know, folks like Radiohead um, in terms of just putting some weird electronic stuff behind guitars. and, And in other things, it was kind of more like for uh, a signpost, 
vintage Beck, you know, sort of like Circa Odelay, where, you know, you've got this grab bag of different genres and things uh, being thrown together. But I didn't want to make it quite that far out. I wanted to make the sound more accessible. Um, and so, for instance, with Urban Contemporary, I knew that I wanted it to sort of have a kind of a hippish, uh, Beckish vibe, and that's where I was going with that. And I did a demo of that, and I sent the demo to my dear friend, um, Sarah Siminski, who is an incredible singer and good friend. Um, and I said, take a listen to this demo. Tell me if you might be interested in possibly singing the lead. And she messaged me back and she said, you know, fantastic. I love this tune. I would love to sing on it. And then my friend Andy Gerard, because she lives in Massachusetts and so does my friend Andy. And Andy Gerard um, worked with me on the first album a little bit. Um, I got him to actually do the recording of her vocals, um, whereas most of the, or all of the other vocals actually, were done uh, here in upstate New York uh, by my friend Randall uh, Mauger. And, um, and then I put it together, but all of the stuff was initially instrumentally recorded here, with the exception of Sarah's vocal and Andy uh, providing some bass and guitar to a little piece called Binky's Dilemma. Binky's Dilemma. I want to play that next. Let's listen.
see through your disguise Don't patronize I know the truth from lies You should realize There's war over your eyes Don't compromise It's time that
Well, from Pedro Show, this chunk of music you just heard start off with Ransom Savage doing Binky's Dilemma. Then we had Post Home, Home Humus Jazz. This is from uh, the Difficult Music people in UG. Uh, Side 11 excerpt, and then finally Ger- David Gerard with When Bent Creek. So, so Binky's Dilemma. I mean, you said you were trying to do this thing uh, where you're trying to be accessible, but at the same time kind of aloof. That's kind of a dilemma, right? Yes, I guess it is. Um, and the backstory behind this song, which thankfully it's a lot shorter, is that this one actually, the title came to me. And when it came to me, the, the, the title came before I even wrote any words to it. And then I realized that for some strange reason, the title came to me because part of my brain said, now I happen to be a huge I'm a child of the 60s, so I definitely love a lot of 60s stuff, especially the the psychedelic stuff, but also some of the great pop stuff. And one of my favorite albums of that era um, is Simon and Garfunkel's Bookends. And on that album, there's a piece called Punky's Dilemma, which is a cute kind of, you know, it's innocuous. And I said, you know what? I want to write almost... Not quite a counterpoint to it, but I want to write a really pissed off political song and give it a perky title like Binky's Dilemma. Um, So that's how that started with just the title. And then thoughts just got to my mind as I'm, you know, ranting uh, mentally. And I thought, well, I'm going to start with uh, the refrain, don't pity me. And I'm going to just go from there. And... I started writing those lyrics, um, you know, I know what is real, uh, don't pity me with novena prayers, don't, you know, don't patronize me, because I felt like these are all the things I would want to express. So let me do it in this uh, really hard-edged type of tune with, again, kind of doing the Radiohead-ish um weird stuff going on with um, synthesizers, but also Andy Gerard's uh, great bass and guitar on there, uh, which for me gave it a kind of a U2-ish edge, which was perfect for me um, because I feel like U2 hasn't done done a real political song since Desire on Rattle and Hum. So I kind of wanted to give that familiarity um, and I think Andy did a good job on that and then I also wanted to get props to Dean Friedman uh, because uh, Dean Friedman has a song on his second album uh, called Shopping Bag Ladies and he uh, made a reference to uh, a beautiful bastard boy and I said I said I, I want to include that um, so I just kind of you know, interpolated that line with the other lines, and I gave him props on the liner notes, um, which is a lot different than Bob Dylan uh, just blatantly plagiarizing, you know, a Japanese poet on love and theft. And it's amazing that an album that has been exposed for being blatantly plagiaristic um, still manages to be on Rolling Stone's list of the best albums of all time. So that shows to go. Yeah, I mean, look, 
you know, Kool-Aid chuggers, right? Mm. <laughs> We're at the end of the uh, second hour, Ransom Sam. December 13, 2023 dish Watt Pedro shows. Hold tight for hour three. December 13, 2023, it's the third hour, Watt for Pedro show. Thank you. 
walk between the raindrops Get close to the end Well, she smiles like a homicide
Watch for Pedro Show. Start off second hour. We got some David Gerard here with Webstein, then Louis Ray Camarado with the girls got murder on her mind. Did live getting back, averting our gaze from the problems we created. That's a title. And then David Gerard again with Voila. So, uh, how long did it take to do the second Ransom Salmon album? Um, it actually took less time. Uh, to actually pull the actual writing together, but it took longer than I had anticipated in terms of uh, polishing things up and and then the remaster, um, because it, it was there, but some, you know I wasn't one hundred percent satisfied. And the changes that I made from like the original pre-master were really kind of minor you know and i don't pretend to be one of these uh anal retentive perfectionists but i just was like something's missing from a couple of these tracks and i wanted to go back and do that and then i also wanted to include uh the bonus track um of hail to the thief too um but make it exclusive to uh the bad camp version of the album yeah that's uh, going to be the last track today yeah so, also, I wanted to say, getting back to um, urban contemporary, one of yeah. the other things that is interesting about what I did with that song was, despite the fact that it's already very political, as you know from the lyrics, um, and that's how it actually, that was the demo. And so she came in and sang, and then I was inspired in the end. There's a reprise at the end of... Uh, the uh, the tune um, where you sort of got this stereo lab ish thing going on um, with the background track and this uh, woman named uh, Loca Vox, uh, you know, doing this whole thing, which I think sounds very urban contemporary. So I wanted to throw that on there. But the other interesting thing about the reprise is, so you have this woman. Uh, who's kind of doing her little um, riffing on it lyrically. And you have this musical backdrop, uh, which also has sax, as the first part of the song does. Um, the musical backdrop for the reprise or reprise um, was written completely with an AI software program. And I thought it would be really interesting to contrast the orthodox uh, recording uh, techniques on, you know, on the song as a whole with this reprise that, you know, has this AI-generated backdrop um, because that's been the issue, again, uh, about AI and what how is it going to impact music, you know? If people use AI, does it mean anybody can write a tune or does this mean the quality of what's coming out? Um, has sort of the bar has been lowered uh, for it because AI makes it easy for lazy but uncreative people to put something together and that's a question to which I don't have an answer but I think the question should be asked yeah yeah I, I, I think you're also asking something about authenticity yes what is authentic here let's let, hear some more uh we got another David Gerard song. Let's listen. 
Live from Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Dave Gerard with Catacombs. I don't know how to pronounce this S-U-F-R-D. It's from that uh, Welcome to Gaza Benefit Comp. Ordinary People's the title. Finally, Ransom Salmon with Hail to the Thief. The Selway mix. Yeah. So. That's Hail to the Thief 2 now. Yeah, Hail to the Thief 2. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. I don't want Radiohead coming after me because... I Absolutely. didn't mention that it was two. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and and have you been doing any of these tunes live in front of people? Or are they just recorded babies? You know what? I, I haven't. And I also um, have been remiss that I have not um, done at least a video for one of the tunes. I did do two videos for the first album. And at some point, um, I will definitely release a video uh, when I narrow it down to which tune um, I want to do it for, and we'll see. I might work with my same friend, um, Anthony Salamone, who uh, was a director for the videos I did off the first album, which you can find on uh, Vimo, I believe. I was going to say Rumble. It's not on Rumble, but Vimo. Because, um, uh, you know, I think sometimes my video content is such that you know, I don't want to deal with YouTube who may or may not uh, decide um, that it can be shown. So um, I've gone on the alternate um, site. So, uh, but if they go to my Bandcamp Ransom Salmon site, they can. There's some links to where they can find the video. So we'll see. I want to definitely do a new one. Ransom Salmon URL for the Ransom Salmon website, please. Um, well, it's ransonsalmon.bandcamp.com. Okay, we got it, people. Go there, yes. check it out, .com. And yes. uh, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, what's next besides the video? Yeah. You said you, you know, wrote a lot. You said you wrote more than you actually put on the record. Is that going to yeah. see the light of day? Well, I hopefully, the songs that I put together for hashtag uh, America, I hope, will be, and... Knowing my restlessness, I'm sure that a lot of the tunes um, that won't appear on album propers will pop up as uh, single releases. Um, but uh, in all honesty, I've probably written enough material now that if I had people come in and you know lay down vocals uh, or work with me on it. Um, it would probably be a career discography because there were literally hundreds of tunes um, that I've written. And I'm also surprised that I'm still inspired to write uh, other things. I think the creative part of me, um, of course, does that naturally. But one of the things I was thinking about when I wrapped this album together is, because it's so heavy, how does it get hurt? I mean, I'm so grateful to have this form to have the album play, but you know, I'm an indie self-produced artist. I don't have even a, a indie label or representation behind it. Um, and so who gets to hear these tunes? And I was thinking of um, Charlotte Gainsbourg on her album, 555. Um, she has a piece called songs that we sing. And, you know, the whole 
motto or moral of that tune is um, do the songs that we sing mean anything to the people we're singing them to? So part of me in a, you know, more uh, sanguine moment was like, I don't know. I may say, I may say this is it, even though I've gotten this whole chest full of other tunes. It's like, these are the two albums. I can't make a dent, you know, even a marginal dent in the consciousness of people then, you know, I'm going to just pack it in, you know, and do I don't know what. So I say that in all cynicism while I'm still writing new, new songs. So, right. And there is this hashtag America thing. That well, has, yeah. And that has very, to be realized. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? You know, part there's a thing that says that sometimes our problem, you know, individually isn't that we um, have too high expectations, it's that our expectations are too low. I mean, I would be happy to not necessarily get the same uh, notoriety or, or even press, but I mean, I think about you, for example. Um, you know, between the Minutemen Firehose stuff and your solo albums, I mean, you're out there. You know, you've got your, your legacy is out there. Um, most people, know who you are certainly people know who you are within the industry and i would just like some freaking break um that someone listening somewhere acknowledges that because i feel that it's important for what i'm doing to be heard and just to be heard more than by a handful of people i just feel like the potential is there and i think now is the time uh for artists to be more outspoken um, of course. It's, but, I mean, I, mean I, I think this has always been a problem. Look at Vincent. He sold only one painting. Now his paintings go for more money than anybody's. I know, but I don't want to cut my hair off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you got to do that. I'm just okay. using his life as an example, how this man worked at his art, and no one would reward him until he was gone. <laughs> and, and seeing that, the other thing is that we're in this age where... You know, outrageousness and spectacle overshadows everything. Yeah. So it's like, if I really wanted to be, you know, if I really wanted the fame, you know, I got to do something like hold up a gas station or streak through a playground naked. I ran some salmon. As soon as you get something new, please bring it and I'll get it to people's ears. The invite's out. Okay. Okay. I'll do that. People, I'll it's been the uh, December 13th, 2023 edition of Watt Peterson. Hey, I got one more week as a 65 year old. Keep your powder dry.